Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Well, hello and good afternoon, everybody. Happy Sunday afternoon. Welcome to another Padres Hot Tub postgame show. Craig Elston with you. Just a minute or two after the Padres wrap up a 6-1 victory over the Arizona Diamondbacks after dropping the first game of a four-game series in the desert at Chase Field, a place where the Padres historically are terrible and snake-bitten against Los Serpientes. The Padres bounce back and win three impressive games in a row. Uh, here on the Post Game Show channel, we are recording this live on our Padres Hot Tub Discord channel. If you are listening to this post game show on our free feed, hey, welcome. We always love to have a great listener. Why don't you join our community? Go to patreon.com slash Padres Hot Tub. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Padres Hot Tub. You'll get all of our podcasts commercial free. You'll get all of our bonus podcasts. And most importantly, you'll get access to the Padres Hot Tub Discord community, where we record all of our group therapy shows and all of our post-game shows live. For those of you who have gathered here in our amphitheater, if you uh, want to put your hand up and talk and offer a comment or a question on today's post-game show, you know what to do. You hit that little hand button there, uh, get in the queue. I've got a couple of opening comments and then I will definitely take your thoughts, particularly uh, as Utah Padre wrote in our Watch Party channel, how is everyone feeling after this series victory in Arizona? Because uh, I'm feeling good. And I'd like to list a few of the different ways in which I'm feeling very positive, very encouraged uh, about the direction of the San Diego Padres right now. Let me list three or four of these, and then uh, we'll get to what you guys have to say. First things first. You've got a game one starter. We already knew this. Hugh Darvish has been terrific all year. But there was this abiding concern, especially off of last season. Can you Darvish make it to the finish line? Can you Darvish get to the end of the year without falling apart? Sure, he's pitching well early, but what's he going to do late? Well, you Darvish this season has now... 21 consecutive starts of six innings pitched or more. And you look at what he did this week, going to Seattle, fashioning eight shutout innings in a critical game for the San Diego Padres after they had gotten smacked back-to-back days uh, against Los Angeles. And then capping the road trip with six more shutout innings, which easily could have been seven or eight more. Uh, potentially, if not for some really horrible uh, ball strike calls uh, that took place in the fifth inning and forced Darvish into extremely long uh, fifth inning that derailed his chance of going deeper in the game. The way you Darvish is pitching right now, the way he is pitching in the month of September, if it's Darvish against Max Fried in the first round, you like your chances. If it's Darvish against Adam Wainwright 
in the first round. You like your chances. If it's Darvish against Jake DeGrom in the first round, you feel like, hey, I've got the guy out there that could possibly put up six shutout innings and match a guy like a Jake DeGrom if DeGrom is on one, you know, and, and, and humming through a, a shutout outing. You've got that guy in you, Darvish. And if you don't have a guy like that, there's no possible way that you can be successful in the playoffs. You can't be successful in the playoffs, I guess, unless you're the 2015 Royals. And even they had, you know, a, a guy or two in, in their rotation, you know, Johnny Cueto or whatever, right? Uh, you need a guy like Darvish. You need that to have a chance in the first round. You need that to have a chance in any round. You need it to get to the playoffs. And you, Darvish, has shown himself this year to be for 2022 indisputably a number one starter, somebody that you can rely on in a playoff situation. So that's the number one thing for me for a great takeaway from a really good week for Padres baseball. Padres went four and two on a road trip to two tough spots. Seattle, where the Mariners were 19 games over 500. They come in, they get a split there. They go to Arizona, where the Padres historically are terrible. And again, while it's not the same as it was a week ago, the Diamondbacks were one of the hottest teams in all of baseball uh, for the past about month or so, month and a half. Padres go down there, drop the first one, take the next three. Incredibly encouraging and so important when you understand that Milwaukee got on a bit of a heater this week and took two out of three at home against the Yankees and Milwaukee lost ground during that series. They dropped a game in that series by taking two out of three against the Yankees. That's incredibly encouraging. If I thought that those 12 games, the two weeks prior to this week, were a critical litmus test and the Padres passed it. I said this week uh, on, on the Tuesday hot tub, I said this week was about survival. Padres didn't just survive. They gained ground this week. Extremely, extremely encouraging. Point number two, look out. Juan Soto's back. Hey, you knew it wasn't gonna last forever. You knew three for 44 for a generational hitting talent was an aberration, a valley, an all-time low. And on Friday, when Juan Soto lined out hard to left field and then followed that with a two-run double to left field, you understood he's starting to find his contact point again. He's starting to get his way out of this. And he got a critical walk yesterday. Today comes through with three hits, a home run, two different RBI uh, hits. Juan Soto is finding his way, folks, and it could be coming at exactly the right time for San Diego. So that's encouraging point two, point one, Darvish, point two, Soto getting over the hump, the camel hump, getting over the hump and starting to be that productive hitter that we all expect and know that he can be. Point three, playoff rotation coming into focus. This weekend, you Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove combined for three starts, three wins, 19 innings, one run allowed. You need at least Darvish, Snell, Musgrove 
to be able to get through a first round playoff series, whoever it could be against, whether it's against the Brewers or pardon me, the Cardinals or the Braves or the Mets. You need those three guys. You've got them right now. This week, you've got them. Musgrove had not been pitching well. Musgrove pitched very well last night. Side point to point three being exciting. Well, let's just make it point four. Luis Camposano signing. Yesterday, Luis Camposano catches a shutout, frames impeccably, gets two hits, hits a critical home run, helps the Padres beat Zach Gallen, something that I don't think very many people in our Padres Hot Tub Discord were putting up as a potential win going into Saturday facing Zach Gallen. Seeing that type of effort from Campusano is extremely exciting. Now, we know Luis Campusano isn't going to take over as the starting catcher for the Padres in the playoffs. And, you know, as my dear friend and partner John Gennaro says, he expects Campusano to be traded this winter, and he very well might. But it looks like the kid could play, and if games like that could somehow allow him to creep into the manager's consciousness so that he has an opportunity to contribute more down the stretch, I found that to be yesterday a very very exciting development because you know him coming up and you know catching while Manaya is getting shelled and then everyone blames him for for his uh, ball and strike calling you know his game calling and people still whispering about his attitude in AAA and all of this you know since he's come back he's pretty much delivered something every game that he has been allowed to play and here's hoping that maybe he catches one other guy if he's going to be Musgrove's guy let him catch one other guy, start to get to two out of five, uh, you know, in, in the rotation. That would be super encouraging. And my last point, and then we've got a nice audience now that's gathered here on our Padres Hot Tub Discord stage. So if you want to put up your hand for post-game show uh, questions and comments, uh, now's the time to get queued up. Point five for me is Bob Melvin showing his worth this weekend because there was a lot made of the Padres, admittedly, terrible loss on Thursday. And, you know, what people were calling, you know, hopefully a rock bottom loss on Thursday. And Melvin being lit up angry and obviously tearing into the team before going into his media session and having his arms crossed and being as angry and as direct as we had heard him all year. I think there were a lot of folks. Heck, even AC was writing about it afterwards, going, well, you know, last year in Arizona, the Padres had a terrible loss, and then they had a team meeting, and then they had a big offensive you know, explosion the next game, and then they lost four in a row and eight out of nine. And really anything Jace Tingler said that day had fallen on deaf ears. Well, that didn't happen. Rob Melvin got furious on Thursday night, late into this team, and I would argue the Padres came back and played some of their best baseball of 2022 three days in a row. Obviously, they laid into the Diamondbacks and Bumgarner on Friday and blew them out. But to beat Zach Gallen, and not just beat Zach Gallen Saturday, but to really take that Padres approach, that much maligned, much disparaged Padres approach, it shows you why it works in the playoffs. Here's Gallen, a kid who before his last start, was riding a streak of 41 and a third shutout innings. And the Padres got him out in five and a third, got him over 100 pitches, 
forced him into multiple 20-plus pitch count innings. That's the type of performance you need against great starters in October in the playoffs. If anyone thinks that the Padres are going to play, for example, the Mets and win a bunch of games five to three, you're crazy. You're going to win two nothing if you're going to win it all. You're going to win three to one if you're going to win it all. And and for the Padres, that, again, much maligned and appropriately maligned at times approach. It showed how it works on Saturday in the win. Today, I thought just a complete victory. Padres came within one inning of their second consecutive shutout win, which would have been, uh, if I heard the radio right, their 13th shutout win of the year. Almost 10% of their games shutout wins. Uh, Very, very exciting. And today, you know, timely hitting, Soto going off, good defense, great pitching by Darvish, overcoming bad ball strike calls from the umpire, adding on, tacking on runs late, making the game non-competitive. It was an outstanding, outstanding effort. So three great games and five very encouraging points for me coming out of this weekend. Once again, point one, you Darvish, you've got a number one playoff starter. Point two, Juan Soto looks like he is very much on the road back. Point three, your playoff rotation is locking into place. Point four, Luis Camposano shows some real signs of encouraging growth. And point five, looks like Bob Melvin does have influence on this team, does have the ability to pull that trigger and have there be a result on the other side of it when he goes for a very rare blow up. So uh, very, very exciting all of these things to me. And now I'd love to hear from you uh, for any of the almost 30 folks gathered in our amphitheater listening. Go ahead and hold up your hand, put up the hold up your hand there uh, emoji thing. uh, If you'd like to jump to the stage as we head out across the pond and welcome in Dean at Craig's Burner. What's up, Dean? How's it going, my man? Hey, how are you? Not bad. Just a quick one. Your mic is cutting in and out probably about 25% of the time. Uh, it's cutting out. Just to I'll give you a heads up about that. Um, oh, I'm on my AirPods now. I, I, this is so depressing. I do something cuts out. I'm very annoyed by this. Uh, I've got a new Maybe mic Maybe it's just for me, but it's definitely... I'm, bl- I'm, I'm blaming you. I'm blaming overseas internet. <laughs> That's what I'm blaming. More than likely. Um... Uh, just, a, just a couple of things I wanted to say, really. The first one is, do you think that Juan Soto's performance today is the thing that finally, the straw that broke the camel's back? Um, and <laughs> my, other, <laughs> my other point, I was saying, I did put this in the, in the, the watch party to Tevin, and I, I think he thought I was mocking him, and I, I really wasn't. Tevin said before that he thought that the Diamondbacks were more talented than the Padres. And I simply said, well, do you think this is the best win we've had then, or one of the better wins? Um, and he, to be fair, responded sort of giving a, a general, yes, this is one of the better wins. But my, my point was going to be, we've got the Cardinals coming up. And when you and John spoke about it, you've said, we could win a playoff game against X team, X team, X team. And then you always throw the Cardinals in there. So without being hyperbolic, do you think that this upcoming series against the Cardinals is mu- maybe not the most important, but maybe the most referential in terms of where we are? If we get tranced by the Cardinals... Well, that's not looking good at all. But if we're competitive against the Cardinals, that really shows where we are in terms of the other playoff teams. 
Yeah, I, I mean, to, to some extent, I definitely agree with that, Dean. I, you know, a, a, as you probably very well know from just listening to me over a, a long length of time, unless there's literal stakes on it, such as, you know, lose two out of three and you're eliminated, there, there's very few regular season series that I'm going to, like, really look at and be like, well, this one matters more. But having said that, all the way back on Memorial Day, the Padres were swept in St. Louis by the Cardinals. This is a chance to see where you're at against a St. Louis team that's got Pujols red hot, that's got Goldschmidt fighting for a triple crown, that's got some of their starting pitching back. Uh, you know, So I do think it's at least, I love the way you said that, referential. You know, It's something that we can refer to. And if the Padres go out there and take two out of three, that's all they need to do at Bush Stadium, theoretically, in October. So uh, I, I'm very much looking forward to this. I know John and I are planning to go to the Wednesday game. I might be going to the Tuesday game as well. Uh, and, and I'm really excited to see if the Padres can keep up this level of play that we saw this weekend. How was that? Did I, did I, oh, did I drop cool. out? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I just make sure <laughs> oh man you don't know the insecurities dean that i have about my mic i it's just it's a it's a thing man it's a thing john got so mad at me the other day because I, I didn't have a new cord yet and i was like i need my new cord it's coming tomorrow i promise let's bring up our man Drury days and nights has his hand up and is joining us on the padres hot tub post game show what's up brother hey craig how you doing I'm doing very well. Yeah, so I just saw that no one else had their hands up. So maybe this is a Monday topic, but hey, since we're kind of on a roll here, I saw Pierce Johnson get up in the bullpen, and you were talking about how the rotation is shaping up for the playoffs. How do you think the uh, bullpen is uh, shaping up for the playoffs? And I'll go ahead and let myself down off the stage. Uh, I think the bullpen is shaping up really, really well right now. Thank you. Uh, great question. I, I feel like in fact, and, and I heard Tony Gwynn and Jesse Agler talking about this because uh, I went for a walk uh, during the final three innings uh, of the game today, kind of get my thoughts sorted for this post-game show. Think about the residual benefit that the Padres are enjoying right now as a result of their season-long Bob Melvin strategy of extending their starters. You know, another six-inning performance today for the Padres. I believe they're fourth in baseball in starting pitching innings. And as a result, you've got a fresh Robert Suarez. You've got a fresh Mora Hone. You've got Hader now rounding into form. You've got Nick Martinez. He hasn't been overtaxed. He, he's lights out, throws two shutout innings yesterday on 15 pitches. You've got Wilson, who is pitching well. The Padres in that game that we went to last week, uh, the Friday win over the Dodgers that was so encouraging. Five straight relievers coming out of the bullpen, each one of them hitting 99 miles an hour or more uh, in, in the course of the game. Garcia, you know, another guy who is pitching pretty well. Tim Hill is pitching pretty well. By this point last year, the bullpen was completely in shambles. And instead, you've got a group that's thrown fewer innings than the other teams in the National League that's had less stress than the other teams in the National League. And what I think is really encouraging about that and, and, and makes it such a good question, Drury Days and Nights, is that 
when you get to a playoff situation, that's when you know the reins are going to tighten up. That's when you know that Bob Melvin is in all likelihood not going to let Joe Musgrove go too deep into a third time through an order unless he is pitching just shutout baseball. That's where you know that Mike Clevenger probably isn't even going to see the fifth inning in any playoff start, never mind maybe the fourth inning in a playoff start. And the fact that you've got a bullpen that looks now like it could handle a four or five inning load a couple, three games in a row in a playoff scenario, that's once again an extremely encouraging situation. It did look like the Padres' starting pitching was really starting to falter. I think now what you can say more clearly is you've got a pretty good top three. When Musgrove is right, you've got a very good top three. And then you've got Clevenger, who's a four-inning starter, and then you've got an open space. Uh, you know, and, and that's what you've got right now. And I think you can work with that, at least uh, going forward. Next up onto the stage here on our Padres Hot Tub postgame show, we welcome up Babip Roberts, who is on his uh, cell phone, but it looks like he is on the stage. What's up, Babip? Hey, can you hear me? I can. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, kind of like what you said, I do feel that, I mean, even though Melvin is a pretty much a veteran as far as managers, even managers, you know, get it wrong sometimes. I've been a huge critic of him just because he came in like, you know, the saver and, and he has a resume. So I feel probably, you know, we kind of were a little bit <clears throat> traumatized from last season, but it looks like he righted the ship. You know, the team's right of the ship. And I'm kind of curious. I know you co commented a little bit yesterday. There were some quotes from Musgrove and everything else. But I do feel that that closed meeting they had, it was more legit this year with Melvin compared to, you know, Tingler last year. But I do feel that he has kind of shown the guys, you know, I'm playing Azakar, I'm playing the hot hand, I'm playing Myers. He's, you know, maybe he tried to overextend a little bit uh, clubbing or this week, but I think now they're getting the message as far as, you know, if I'm playing good, I, you know, I'm doing good. Uh, and even Soda, I think, finally broke through. So hopefully, you know, good things to come. But, uh, I mean, it's going to be test after test uh, all, all the rest of the month. So I just want to get a little bit more input as far as we thought now uh, or if you have new thoughts on that meeting they had uh, yesterday or the day before. Yeah, that's... No, no doubt. That, that was, you know, I said kind of like five encouraging things that I took away from this weekend. And, and that was number five for me, which is Bob Melvin's influence to me is proven here because there was a huge meeting. There was a blow up. And, and believe me, as a veteran manager, you know that you've got that bullet to fire or that flag to go up the flagpole maybe two, maybe three times the entire season. You, you really, you only want to do it once uh, if, if everything's right, because, you know, I'm only speaking metaphorically. He didn't literally do this, but flipping the buffet table, you know, like that, that angry outburst, really getting into the club, even getting into the clubhouse at all. You know, this isn't Harry High School, right? Like Bob Melvin doesn't walk into the clubhouse after every game and go, great game, guys. Here's what we liked. Here's what we should do better. You know, this isn't college. Um, he's rarely going to do that to do it in an angry fashion, like I said, he's got one or two cracks at that any year, if that. And when you do it, it's got to be effective. When you do it, it's got to leave a mark. It, it's got to inspire. You know, he even said that to the press on Friday, I need to do a better job of inspiring them. Uh, and hey, results-based, the last three days, message delivered, message received, team picked it up. 
They were swinging at more strikes in the zone uh, the last three days than they had the previous eight weeks. You know, uh, they're getting back to Ted Williams baseball, hit a strike, take a ball, get a good pitch to hit, as opposed to just take a ball, take a strike, take another strike, take strike three, <laughs> which we call uh, Ted Grisham baseball uh, <laughs> instead of Teddy Williams baseball. Um, so, I, you know, very, very encouraging. And, you know, are the Padres out of the woods? No. Have they reached a new talent level or a new tier? No, they're in the same tier. But I'll say this. Kind of in closing to the thought, and thanks for the, the comments, Babip Roberts. Again, looking back to last year, and this year is not last year. Today, the Padres won their 81st game. The Padres will finish a full season under A.J. Preller with a winning record for the first time this year. Because, yes, I do not believe they're going to lose out this season. Okay, The Padres are going to finish with a winning record under A.J. Preller first season for the first time this year hashtag fire preller crowd take that off of your bulletin board it's gone now and here's the other thing today concluded the padres season series against the arizona diamondbacks and the padres won 14 out of 19 against the arizona diamondbacks this year you probably remember the Padres won 8 and 11 against Arizona last season. They turned that around to 14 and 5. And interestingly enough, of that 14 and 5, each of the last two losses led Padres fandom and us, you know, myself included, to the edge of a riot, right? Losing to Ryan Nelson in his uh, major league debut, losing to uh, the kid Jameson. On, Friday, on Thursday, in his major league debut, you know, looking passive, getting shut out, we were freaking out about that. But if I had told you on March 31st that the Padres were going to go 14-5 and five against Arizona, every single one of you would have given me a high five for that, and you would have taken it. So let's celebrate the fact that this year and this month, the Padres have done exactly what we have asked them to do. They have won the series against the bad teams. They went to Kansas City. They won the series. They went to San Francisco. They swept the series. They came home to Arizona. They lost the first game. They won the series. They came to Arizona. They lost the first game. They won three in a row. They won the series. They split against the good team. They played Seattle, and they got a game in each of their last two series against LA. That is literally what we were asking. You know, we were mapping this stuff out of the start of the month, going beat these bad teams, split against the good teams, win one out of three in the Dodgers series. You're going to be fine. And I really, truly believe the Padres are going to be fine. The Padres are going to make the playoffs. They're going to have that opportunity. Personally, I want to see them finish sixth. They might finish fifth. They might wind up going to Truist Park or the City Field. Uh, and going to the East Coast for that first round trip. But I like this direction, and I'm really, really encouraged by what we saw this weekend. Now it's time to come home. You're playing a good team in St. Louis, and let's see if the role can continue. Let's see if Juan Soto can keep it going. Let's see if Drury can keep it going. Let's see if Cronenworth's positive at-bats continue. And, hey, let's shout out Jose Azokar. There's been a lot of talk in the Discord about 
Zokar versus Grisham. And I think a lot of analytical thinking going, look at Grisham's war total, look at his defense, look at his power potential. You, you got to keep him in there versus a Zokar being very much a, a more emotional slash batting average driven type of discussion of, hey, he's five for his last 10. He's, God, what did they say on the broadcast? He's, he's close to 500 since coming back from AAA. I forget what it was, 24 for 51 or it's something silly. Like he's doing really well since coming back from AAA. All singles, you know, a mix in double here and there. And I've heard that argument. I, I think it's a theoretical argument that makes sense. But from a practical standpoint, play a Zokar. Are you kidding me? It's getting two, three hits a game. You just play him. You know, you just play him. You're playing the hot hands. You don't have to play Josh Bell every game. You can play Will Myers and play Brandon. These are the type of decisions that Bob Melvin is making that I am liking, that is the sign of a veteran skipper who knows what he's doing, who understands that managing the long season and managing the short season are two very different things. Uh, Encouraging overall, great day, and a lot of great comments, a lot of great uh, participation here on this Padres Hot Tub post-game show. Uh, I'm going to give you like 30 seconds if anyone else wants to raise their hand. Uh, and jump on stage with a question or comment. Otherwise, we're going to get out of here. Uh, John Gennaro and I will be back with a full Padres hot tub, likely recording Monday night, uh, off chance for Tuesday afternoon, but I think Monday night uh, will be when it happens. So for our patrons, that means you will get the podcast Monday night, and for everyone else, you will get it Tuesday midday. And as a last comment, uh, if you're not a member of our community, heading into the playoffs, it's the perfect time to do it. And once again, $5 a month, give me a break. I went to the grocery store today. You can't even buy a salad. You know, I don't want to sound like Dr. Ross here, but uh, <laughs> I continue to be amazed at how many things cost $5 or cost $7. And this place costs $5. And that, that's not a lot. You can't buy a foot-long sandwich anymore, but you can get a month of Padres Hot Tub, uh, Discord community, free podcasts, bonus podcasts. Go to patreon.com slash Padres Hot Tub. Thanks to everybody. Padres win this one going away. Uh, 6-1 final, three out of four in Arizona, taking care of Los Serpientes. Have a great rest of your Sunday, and we will talk to you. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you.